Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton-Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It is a way to extend the reach of the work that we did for many years, decades, in fact, particularly in Nancy's case, facilitating pet loss support groups. And we compiled what we learned through that experience into a book. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And now through the medium of broadcast opportunities, I'm not saying that correctly, but in any case, we are able to do this broadcast as a video cast. And also it appears on a number of audio podcast outlets, including Apple podcasts and Amazon music and audible. And so this is an opportunity for us to share with you. And as you'll see, we like very much for you to share with us. So we are going to share some stories that we've received from audience members this evening, because we think that that just offers such richness. And so we encourage you to get in touch with us and share your stories. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail by a link that is part of the description. And that would be great too. We haven't received voicemails yet. We if we get your voicemail and you give us permission explicitly in your voicemail, and I'll say this also about your communications through emails, we will read part. We will likely read part of your story if we have time in the broadcast, and if not, we'll respond to you via email. And you also can support our program through a Venmo, one-time donation, or a PayPal. You can also subscribe if you so desire. All that information is attached in the description. We like to let you know as well that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization. They provide a range of services that include shelter and medical care and spay-neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. Since opening in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. You can also RSVP on that site for the monthly mm -hmm. pet loss support group that I facilitate. And we're actually going to start doing that in June via Zoom because we feel like we can probably reach an even broader group of people if we do it that way. So look for that on the Dakin site as well. And I think that that's it for the intro. Am I right, Nancy? Yes, it's good. <laughs> you know, Ken and I started to really think about um, what we're going to present tonight after we got a very heartbreaking story from someone who decided or has not uh, let us know that we can share it. But it has to do with different types of animals, right? Yeah. So we started to think about what happens 
when on a farm, right? So people have have chickens on a farm. Can I know you all? Oh, you have chickens in your house. Um, not in not in my not house. In the house. All right, outside. <laughs> no. Okay. no, no, no. In their house, <laughs> they have a nice house. But pigs, <laughs> uh, sheep. Um, cows. I mean, I've seen TikToks with people, you know, loving their donkeys and kissing their cows and Thing horses like and, you know, all kind birds. Some people, you know, raise birds, parents, right? We've and had birds, so, you and I. Yes, we've had, we had the Henrys, right? Yeah. Two Henrys, right? Um, cockatiels. Um, yep. But they're just as important to these people who will grieve very, very much so after a death or after an illness. And so we wanted to shout out to these people, right? Because usually we talk about dogs and cats. We have mentioned a horse, I think, at times. We did have a bunny. We did have a, we had somebody at the group who was grieving their fish. I mean, people love their geckos and their bearded dragons and their snakes. And their tortoises. I mean, yes. So. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, when I went up online, I thought, well, let's look at this, right? Mm -hmm. And so I found a website called Farm Girl Fair, F-A-R-E, and she talked about their sheep, right? They mm -hmm. had many sheep and wherever they are, um, I'm not sure where, she said, I'm going to quote a little bit of this. Last April, I told you about the pair of coyotes that had killed one of our sheep out in the hay field. I mentioned that the killing hadn't stopped, but I never wrote any more about it. But what happened was that over the next seven months, we lost 11 more sheep. And they, it was very, she's heartbroken, right? Um, you get attached to these animals. You sure do. And, and people who have chickens will sometimes lose them to hawks or foxes or coyotes. Coyotes are everywhere. And I can tell you that I'm working toward having llamas. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have llamas and not alpaca is that llamas are apparently well-equipped to fight off coyotes. And also I want to make sure that I have <clears throat> adequate fencing with an electrical topper so that it's unlikely that a coyote would try to get into the into the fenced area. But you've got to be very mindful of the fact that predators are pretty much everywhere and particularly coyotes because they're even in the most populated areas we've had, we've had we live in coyotes and we saw mm -hmm. we had a bear last week in Bergen County, New Jersey, which is very populated. Yeah. And you know, so and coyotes have come down, you know, in in some areas around here and and taken dogs, right? Yeah. Little dogs yeah. right out of right yeah. out of their lawns. I, I think a coyote took one of my barn cats out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so so when this woman was talking about um, her sheep, what they did is they got some, I got great Pyrenees, I guess, are the dogs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're protective dogs for all kinds of animals. And, and I have a friend who has great, great Pyrenees, has two of them actually. And he has all kinds of animals. He has all kinds of fowl. He has ducks and chickens and geese and he has emu and... <laughs> 
he has he has a little pot-bellied pig, and I, I I can't even keep up because I think he's gotten well, now a, a baby bull and a and a Scottish a steer and but yeah, it's very important in in making sure that your animals are safe. And Pyrenees are they've been bred over a very long time, centuries to be protective of of sheep and goats and 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 they bond with the herd and they yeah, are they and they are not they to be they yeah. are not to be messed with in fact this friend of mine told me that his pyrenees came back one day with a coyote in its jaws whoa i mean they're big they're big big dogs, big dogs. yeah well and in the story that she got uh, two pyrenees and then one got sick and died. So here, they, they've lost all of these sheep that they were very attached to, all the little lambs and the sheep. And then they lost one of their dogs. And so when you have those multiple losses, right? Because this mm -hmm. was the story we got that, you know, not only were some of the, some of, uh, the birds she had, um, you know, died, and that sometimes that is from disease, but... Also, one of her cats died, and then there was a dog that was. I mean, so no. I mean, that's so incredibly devastating. Well, Nancy, I, I belong to a Facebook group called Raising Chickens, and many of us are passionately connected to our chickens. So people post all kinds of images and videos, and they're holding them, and they're talking about how they're doing. And as we got, as, as you mentioned, we got a an email from a person who had a flock of five. They were her pets. And three of them ultimately died from a disease that was causing them to be just riddled with tumors. And it wasn't avian flu, which is a real issue right now in right. many places in the U.S., particularly it's, it's here in the eastern seaboard. It's something that we in Massachusetts have to be very cognizant of. And so people are very, very close to their chickens. And as I've, I've mentioned, I mean, chickens are worthy of our high regard. Yes, they are. They care. They know who we are. They have very distinct personalities. They can be very loving and they can be very standoffish. <laughs> they are individuals. They're individualists, right? <laughs> As we all are. <laughs> and but, so, I mean, when we lose them, it, we lose a friend. Exactly. We lose a friend. You know, it, and that's the point, right? It, right? It's not just a dog or a cat, which is obviously a, a lot of the population of pets, but it, it could be a snake. It could, and pigs. People love their pigs people and pigs live pigs. in the house. Yeah. Some people, some people have their pigs in the house. They're very smart. And some people have tortoises and, you know, tortoises yes. will live for longer than we'll live. And people have parrots who, if you get a parrot and you're into your adulthood, that depending on the variety of parrot you get or the macaw you get, you're going to have to have a legacy plan for them because they're likely right. to outlive you. And when you have a pet that is that is has that kind of a lifespan and you you are going to build such an intense bond with that's a, and then you lose them that is 
just as devastating exactly. as any other loss that you may have in your family, whether it's a, a human family member or another kind of another kind of animal companion. Well, as we all know, and how we have worked with companion animal loss for years, it's the relationship you grieve. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how many legs or no legs or whatever it is, that it's the relationship that you have with mm -hmm. that that being, that yep. the bird can, or can, the reptile or, you know, the mammal. They can mean the world to you. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of young, young people have ferrets or they have mice or they have rats, right? And I had a rat when I was in college. Right. I had a rat. I had a chinchilla. I've had rabbits. I've had, you know. You know? And or maybe even a possum. I'm thinking about possums recently. I don't know why. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, or tarantulas, right? Something yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or those little, those little hedgehogs. Yes. <laughs> little tiny hedgehogs. My client had a hedgehog. She brought a hedgehog <laughs> and it was so, so Very cute. <laughs> but we just wanted to make sure that we include everyone who has yep. any kind of wonderful relationship with whatever being that that is. Because and, when they die, it's it's just, like you said, devastating. And, and it's important if you are, some people might really be understanding about the loss of a dog or a cat or a horse. I mean, these are, these are relationships that anybody who loves animals is going to really understand and be empathic regarding. It's important to widen that circle of compassion if yeah. your friend tells you that their iguana died or their little hedgehog died or- Or their angelfish. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or their I mean, I had, I had yeah. angelfish and they got to be so large and they were so beautiful and something went wrong with the heater in the tank and I watched them die together. And it was so, I mean, I know you can't touch a fish, but it was so sad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they still are living things. Yep. Yep. So, so we got to, we got to keep the, the circle of compassion very, very wide open. So, we again we just wanted to, to, to we appreciate the person who sent her heartbreaking heartbreaking amazing story to us but and the video yeah. was very nice too yes the video, the video of her cuddling her chicken and the yes. pictures of her dogs it was what thank you um but um we do have do you want to talk about simba's mom sure so we got a note from sotida and I hope I'm saying her name right. And she had a very young cat who she had adopted and was totally in love with, as most people are with their kittens. And she tried to make sure that she did everything she could to keep her cat well. And she happened to give her cat a bath and shortly after she gave her cat a bath, the cat died. Yeah. And they don't know why. And the first thing I want to say to Sodita, if I'm saying her name right, and I won't say that again, but I just want to make, just want to make an apology, a preemptive apology, that a preemptive apology, that she didn't kill her cat. No. <laughs> her cat did not die because she had a bath. No. 
That that is absolutely not what happened. And so the cat was fine right after the bath and seemed to be fine for a while thereafter. And so she and her family are guessing that maybe this cat had a cardiac event and or something like that, a stroke. I, I don't know. But the, the main thing that I just can't stress enough is no cat dies because it just had a bath. No, it doesn't or work. All, that anybody, way. nobody yeah, dies. You don't die because we've had a bath. Even if the bath is stressful, it's just it's just not. It is it is so far out outside the realm of possibility. Right. And this was a young cat. Yeah, so, I mean, he be, was two. No, less than two. How old was yeah. the cat? Uh, five young. months old when he was adopted, and. So, and that was in late to, that was in September of 2021. So maybe what, about, I don't know, six months, seven, eight yeah, months. Yeah, he was, now, that, math, to me, like, now. <laughs> that to me sounds like genetic issue. Yeah. And so yeah. something went wrong, but it wasn't her fault. I, yeah. I just really want her to understand. Now, she also has now adopted two kittens. And so she has new, she has new cats in her life but she's still grieving and that's the way it is right they're yeah, not gonna sure. they're gonna be a positive distraction but this is the kind of thing that unfortunately she'll probably think about on and off for a long time because i would be the same way if i had a cat and i loved that animal very much and i gave it a bath and shortly thereafter it died i would keep thinking that probably something about that bath experience. And well, I would right. also, and I, would, again. and I know that other people would be saying to me, nope, that's not why your cat died, but it would be hard to shake that for a while. And eventually it would dawn on me that giving a cat a bath, giving any animal a bath it's is not, not something that not is going hard. to result in its death. And there's something else that had to happen thereafter yeah. in those next in that next half hour or hour or whatever. But you would also be hyper vigilant, right? About that. Yeah. Yep. So and you would yep. be very cautious about not giving the other her other two cats probably a bath for I a while. I would probably not give all. my cat a bath again. Right. <laughs> and so, but because I'd be worried about that. Right. Because but that was, that would be what what do you what do you call that when that would be a superstitious belief yeah. that but but the, but the other thing with her is that you know she was a little guilty about bringing those two kittens in right but yeah. she she worked that out you know she said yeah. you know she was she was grieving for Simba but she realized that it was okay that he would have wanted to have her her bring two new it's new it's kittens. the it's it's a testament yeah right to yeah. that lost relationship to bring new life into the into the family to bring new animal companions in. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes people will decide for a variety of reasons that it's not, it's not the right time or they don't want to do it, but it's always a testament to what a loving connection you had with your, with your lost friend. Yeah, of course. So we have time. I'm going to talk about Susan now. Mm -hmm. um, Susan with Tupelo um, and Tupelo was a very old, beautiful, I think she was, is a she, um, Chihuahua. 
Um, and I'm going to read her note to us. Dear Ken and Nancy, first I want to say thank you for your podcast on losing and grieving a pet. My little girl was 15, blind and deaf, and it happened all of a sudden. She was a long-haired chihuahua and the most precious thing I ever had. I'm struggling with the fact that I tried so hard to take care of her and being alone trying to do it. I lost my job and my funds were running out. She went blind in August of 2021 and death the following month. She was so scared and I took her everywhere I went, including my little job I had. I bought a special sling to carry her in and took her everywhere. She just wanted to be with me. They allowed me to bring her to, into my office because she was so helpless. It was killing me to see her suffer so much. I could never leave her alone. And if I did, she would bark constantly until she could smell me or feel my touch. That's like my Jackie right now, 16. He had lost interest in many things. She had lost interest in many things after her blindness and then really lost interest when she went deaf. Then last week, she wouldn't drink or eat much. I knew it was time. It is just about killing me. I feel so sad. I am alone and feel so alone now. I have friends and they have helped me, but it doesn't help me at night. I slept with my little dog every night. I just wanted to share my story. Um, uh, and she had, and uh, I hadn't heard a miss her touch. She had lost interest in many things after her blindness and then really lost interest. Oh, I'm sorry, when she went deaf, I, I screenshotted this. I apologize. Then last week, she wouldn't eat, drink or eat much. I knew it was time. It's just about killing me. I feel so sad. Um, I am alone. I feel so alone now. I have friends and they have helped me, but it doesn't help me at, at night. I slept with my little dog every night. I just wanted to share my story. I pray that I heal someday. I am a highly emotional person anyway. So sorry for that redundancy, but this is a wonderful little tribute um, from Susan to Tupelo. And, you know, so we want to, you know, give, um, you know, some support out to Susan, you know. Yeah. And she says she's a highly emotional person. That's, I think that's a good thing. People should be highly emotional, yeah. I think. <laughs> yes. It's and it's a good thing to be engaged that way. And I mean, I, I, she says it, I, I want to say that because sometimes people say that and they, they feel like it's a bad thing and, and it's we, not a we, bad need, thing. we need emotions. We need yes, more love in the world, you know, <laughs> it's not a bad thing at all. Susan. And, and, you know, look, it's, you know, she was your child. She was your baby, mm -hmm. you know, and she, there was a beautiful picture that she sent and, you know, she, she was her confidant and her comrade and her friend. I mean, she was alone with her. And, you know, it gets very stressful. I mean, when we don't have the monies to be able to take care of our animals, I mean, things happen. Um, and she lost her job and then she got a little job. Um, and luckily they were very accommodating yeah. for her to bring this little dog in, you know, yeah. to work. Um and that was very special for her. Yeah. Know? I mean, she did, she built a little, she put together a little sling I know. to carry her in. I can just see that because I, I had two little, you had child, yeah, had you had four child. little chihuahuas at one point. And she describes this decline in health and functioning and ultimately a interest in food and, and drinking that oh. is so typical of the very end. Yeah. 
stage. And so it sounds like she made the decision to end her suffering and that that was really the right thing and a gift to Tupelo. Exactly. Exactly. Because, because Tupelo, you know, once, once they get blind, like she said, and deaf, you know, she kind of lost interest in things and she got very scared. I mean, like I said, Jack, our Jackie is 16 and I don't, I don't know if he's really completely deaf, but he certainly is somewhat blind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we move around the house, as soon as he doesn't feel us, you know, or have this, this, thought of or feeling that we're we're around if he he doesn't get that then he starts to bark Mm -hmm. and so you know we have to remember to kind of bring him places like if we go into a different room you know or you know we we go upstairs or downstairs that he is you know he knows that we're around you know we can take him up and downstairs and so forth um because i think that with their faculties their vulnerabilities then they get really scared oh sure yeah like if you can't orient you know you can't see you can't hear and and it sounds like she one of the things that susan did was she would make sure that that tupelo was close enough that she could smell her that she knew that yeah right present because that's that's their primary sense in many ways. And we have to be really aware that if, if they've lost their vision and their hearing, they've still got that. They've still got their ability to smell and that's really important to them. You know, and we, you know, Susan was a wonderful pet parent. I mean, she did everything she could to make those last days that Tupelo had wonderful. Yep. And that she, and it's, you know, they are dependent on us. They're always dependent on us. Absolutely. But but as they get elderly, it it does increase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she says, I pray that I heal someday. Yeah. I think she's, I think she's healing. It sounds like she's healing and, and writing this down and sharing it is one of the ways that often will help people to heal. Even if you don't share it, if you write it, you know, write down how you're feeling at least, at least it gets it outside yourself and you can take a look at what you wrote and you can keep it as a way to remember how much Tupelo or your pet meant to you. And so it's, it's never a bad idea to, to write something. Some people will write letters to their pet. Yes. These kinds of rituals are helpful. helpful. And please, I mean, sharing it with us. I mean, I think that that's really, really important and and soothing for people to be able to send us all of their thoughts and feelings and what happened. And then when we share it, it helps so many other people. It always helps other people. That's one of the things we hear. We get in the messages all the time that that in fact, certain, certain of these conversations will have special relevance for certain listeners because their story is close Very in terms similar. of the kind of animal that who was lost or the circumstances. So it, it's really helpful when people hear. It's one of the ways that group sessions are so yeah. helpful because people can identify and that makes you understand that you're not alone. You're not losing it. You're not you're crazy. Going something, you're, you're going through something that human beings go through. It's just normal. And uh, it really means that you're loving and connecting and highly emotional. I'm going to use yes, that. Yes, and that's okay. Right? <laughs> I wish more people in this world Be were highly, highly emotional. emotional. <laughs> or, yes, and 
have a lot of empathy. Let's put it that yeah. way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll stop there for this evening, Nancy. It's always a pleasure always to talk pleasure. with you. And it's always a pleasure and a privilege to hear from people who share their stories with us. Yes, we want to really thank you because it's, it's not always the easiest thing to do. Yep. So, yep. Take care, everyone.